Coming up on the Get Lean, Eat Clean podcast. The biggest hell that I ever experienced in life, other than like hypothyroidism, was probably this food addiction. This looking at the refrigerator every two hours, this driving around a grocery store, making bargains with yourself about, oh, if I get the, if I get the parking space out front, then I can buy the donuts, like horrible deals being made with the devil in your head. Mm. Um, again, like having a meal and then gauging and wondering how much more you could eat possibly later again, like literally my mind was so focused on food all the fucking time. I, it was such a horrible place to be. It was so horrible that the number one reason I tell everyone to get fat adapted and go live a paleo lifestyle is for that purpose. Hello, and welcome to the Get Lean, Eat Clean podcast. I'm Brian Grin, and I'm here to give you actionable tips to get your body back to what it once was five, 10, even 15 years ago. Each week, I'll give you an in-depth interview with a health expert from around the world to cut through the fluff and get you long-term sustainable results. This week, I interviewed the best-selling author of Confident as F-U-C-K and the Paleothyroid Solution, Al Russ. Al is a seasoned public speaker and has been interviewed on over 50 shows and featured in several publications such as Success Magazine, Huffington Post, Prevention, Mind Body Green, and many more. She helps ambitious high achievers and transformation seekers to manifest more happiness, confidence, and self-esteem into all areas of their lives. This was the second time around with Elle. So we discussed how to fix your thyroid, best ways to optimize your sleep, along with her daily eating and fasting habits, the best way to do cardio, how she overcame her food addiction, and how to also eat paleo. So I really enjoyed this conversation with Elle. I know you will too. Thanks so much for listening and enjoy the show. All right. Brian Grin here with the Get Lean, Eat Clean podcast. And my guest today is second time around, Al Russ, author, coach, and speaker. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me back. Yeah, my pleasure. Last time you were on, you were one of my first interviews and I'm excited to have you back on. We've had some different things. I know you just launched your new podcast. Uh, what else do you have going on in your world? Mm. So, uh, well, at the beginning of the year in January, I'll start up again, my eight week writing program called knock it out, get it done. And that's for anyone who, you know, you, let's say you have articles you want to write, you have an idea for a book or a course, or it doesn't matter what it is. It's just like, you haven't gotten the shiz done. So I do this in eight, eight week intensive writing program. And then also I do a six weeks confidence course as well in January. So anyone can go to lrust.com and look at those group courses. And those are really, really fun. Um, and other than that, you know, private coaching, uh, podcasting and enjoying California fall winter. Yeah. Speaking of California, I was just there actually. <laughs> what wow. part? Of, yeah. What part of California? Southern California, Malibu. Okay. I was the south, most South we went was Laguna. Mm-hmm. Laguna's lovely. Yeah. <laughs> so, but it was enjoyable. We actually did the drive from San Francisco all the way down, stopped a few different places. Were you able to go all the way down the one? Well, we were, we decided not to take it the whole way. Um, we tried to go maybe a little bit of a faster route because we were just going from location to location, but I know part of it was closed, I think because of fires and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. But it's beautiful. Loved it. Um, well, let's, let's touch first on, I know, uh, you've written a few books as well. Your first one was regarding the thyroid solution, right? And thyroid solution. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought, you know, I have a lot of different health guests on from all over, but we don't seem to touch. Actually, my last guest, we talked a little bit about adrenal fatigue. Um, let's touch a little bit about thyroid 
and you, and you do thyroid coaching, I noticed, um, perhaps for people who don't know, maybe explain a little bit about thyroid and how it, you know, controls your metabolisms, metabolism, you know, and there's specific hormones and things like that. So the thyroid gland is a butterfly shaped gland at the base of your neck. So if you're a man, it's under your Adam's apple. If you're watching the video, you can see where I've got like right here. Um, and this is the master gland of the human body, not because I want to give it that name, but because it really is. And the reason it's the master gland is because it is in control of the production and regulation of all of your sex hormones. Number one, number two, it's in control and production uh, or control and regulation of your body temperature and a million other things. But those two things are very, very key. Um, and also metabolism, of course. So uh, you, if you're living life, for example, let's say you had thyroid cancer, they had to remove your thyroid. You would be dead pretty quickly if they did not give you thyroid hormones, meaning the things that are now lacking from the gland they just took from you. Right. And so if you can't live without a thyroid gland at all, what do you think life's going to be like when you are dealing with subpar levels of those thyroid hormones? It's basically like a slow death, accelerated aging, riddled with a bunch of symptoms. So what's ha what will happen is, is you won't die like directly of hypothyroidism, but something indirectly that comes along the way is going to get you. And that's what, and, and that's sort of how it goes. So it's, it's essential. If you want a long, healthy life, it's essential. If you want a great working brain and, uh, happiness and, you know, proper hormone regulation and everything else. So I'll give an example. I had coached a client. He was, um, he's like 25 and he wow, had young, young for that a really young guys at 25, 27 max. I think he was like 25. He had, um, really low testosterone and, the doctor was like, oh, well, yeah, we'll just give you testosterone. This do, is the, do you remember his levels? Cause I actually, I'm just, I, I, you know what? I don't, I'd have okay. to go back and look at you. So his levels, but they were ridiculously low for a 20, you know, five year old. Yeah. And, uh, so in the Western world case, the dummy doctor, the uninformed doctor is going to go, oh, well, we'll just give you the thing that you don't have without asking the question, what caused this? He's 25. This right. shouldn't happen. Right. Not so I said, you got to test your thyroid. Turns out he had a horrible thyroid situation, right? Of course, I wasn't shocked about that. Uh, once you get his thyroid corrected and fixed, you get off the testosterone because the levels will come back up again, that thyroid hormone, AKA thyroid, whatever it is, the, the producer and regulator of those sex hormones. So you can go to doctors for these symptoms that come up for hypothyroidism, but they're just going to patchwork you and it's actually not going to solve the problem. So it's the wrong way to go about it in those kinds of situations. So that happens a lot too. So um, as well, no matter what you do, if you have hypothyroidism, now it's very, very rare that somebody with hypothyroidism doesn't have a weight gain issue because mm. most, like 99% of them do, but um that is a situation where when you're, you're gaining weight rapidly, you can't lose weight no matter what you do. And here's the crappy thing about it. You won't be able to control or do anything about it. You could eat one grape every day. You will still gain weight when you're hypothyroid. It's a very frustrating situation. People will be like, I'll do keto. I'll do this. I'll do that. They're trying all the different things and it doesn't work. And so until you correct it, whether it's through natural methods or through giving someone thyroid hormone replacement, it doesn't matter. Once you correct it, the person is now no longer hypothyroid and they live a normal life with a normal metabolism and these things 
uh, like normal people deal with, like you eat too much, you get fat, you don't, you know, I mean, just all the same things apply, but it's almost impossible to have a great metabolism or a great life when you're hypothyroid. And there's 30, 40 symptoms in my book. They're everywhere from infertility issues, male sexual issues, uh, dry skin, hair, nails, uh, thickening of the skin, acne, hair falling out. Uh, my God, there's just, there's a million of them. And adrenal fatigue, uh, goes hand in hand with that because when you have no thyroid hormones, your adrenal glands sort of take over to try to pump out extra cortisol to give you energy, to get you out there. If that's sort of the way of looking at it. And then it gets exhausted. It gets tapped out at some point. So usually people who've suffered for a while and don't catch symptoms soon, or don't catch it and go to the right doctor, uh, they end up having adrenal fatigue as well. And now you're kind of fixing both together at the same time. And that's usually kind of what happens. Yeah. Yeah. So this seems like this would be like sort of a first step for, I think a lot of people who, like you mentioned, maybe they just can't put off, put weight off and, um, continually put it on and then are just frustrated by a lot of the symptoms that you mentioned. Um, what type of test, uh, do you recommend? Obviously there's, there's obviously specific thyroid tests, you know, like T3 and T4 though. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. So I'll just rattle off the six main tests to take, to go, do I have a thyroid problem? May not, th these tests won't necessarily tell us why, but they tell us, is there a problem? Okay. Right. So I have a free thyroid guide on my website, which has this in there as well, but I'm going to rattle these six tests off right now. They're also in my free thyroid guide. One is uh, TSH stands for thyroid stimulating hormone. Now I want to stop here and say that if your doctor is only testing the test I just mentioned, the TSH, you're with an uninformed doctor, Leave. run, <laughs> run, run. Okay. So any doctor that just takes the TSH has no clue, no clue what they're talking about when it comes to thyroid. And everybody needs to know that happened to my friend recently. My friend, one of my best friends knows all about thyroid, even knows all about these hormones, everything knows everything, you know, that, that I've said over the years. And he goes and get his annual blood work, uh, you know, the lipid panel and everything. And I said, Oh, what, you know, just curious, what were your thyroid results? And then of course he looks and the only thing they tested was TSH. So if that's all your doctor's been testing and they've said your thyroid's fine, it's not a problem. You're with a dummy. They're not testing correctly and they could be missing something. And that is what happened with me. So first hormone TSH, it's not a hormone, it's a pituitary hormone, but TSH free T3, free T4, reverse T3. And then you always want to get the two Hashimoto's antibodies checked. Most doctors only test one. You get tested for both. You can be positive for one and not the other or both, et cetera. And you always want to rule it out because there are different protocols for people with Hashimoto's. And those Hashimoto's antibodies are TPO, thyroid peroxidase antibody, and TG, thyroglobulin antibody. So we got TSH, free T3, free T4, reverse T3, TPO antibody, and TG antibody. Now, if you can get a couple more tests that are related, I would add uh, an iron comprehensive panel to that, which would be TIBC, ferritin, percentage saturation, total iron. A test like that is like 50 bucks if you did it on your own, just to say how cheap it is. Um, and then you might want to get like, you know, vitamin B12 as well and vitamin D. Um, so other than those that I just mentioned, look, are there a slew of a million tests you can take? But yes, but just for starters to go, what's going on here with the thyroid and kind of related, let's see, where's the problem? Is there a problem? Those are the tests that you start with. And you always get tested before 930 in the morning. You go fasting, you can have water or black coffee or black tea, nothing else. And never take, if you're taking thyroid hormones, you never take them before you go in for the test, no matter what, I don't care what anyone says, never. 
you and, and don't get tested at three in the afternoon after you've had a day. It's not the best time to test thyroid. So always like in the morning, the earliest you can go, if you wake up super early and that lab opens at eight, get there at 7.30, like whatever, wait, who cares, be the first one, but definitely before 9.30 a.m. So that's what you want to do. And then when you get those tests, then you'll be able to, you know, go, okay, what's the story here? And don't right. trust your doctor. I mean, if you're, if you're requesting them because your doctor didn't already take them, then they're probably not going to be the ones to tell you <laughs> to how to evaluate it, but yeah. Yeah, maybe find someone else to evaluate them, right? Right. At least you've gotten the right test. And once you have them, even if you can test on your own, some states don't allow it, but in California, I can go get my blood tested anytime I want, pay for it myself without insurance. If you can do that, then you've got tests. And now you can go around and try to find doctors and you've got like, you know, a set of recent tests you can deal with. Yeah, that makes sense. And what about uh, regarding testing and things like that, iodine deficiency? Could that be an issue? When it comes to thyroid, <laughs> you can test for iodine deficiency. And it's not that iodine can't be helpful. Um, here's the problem though, with it, people will Google thyroid problems and they see that iodine is related. So they mm -hmm. go out and they get a really strong iodine, like Google's iodine, and they start taking too much of it. And they don't even know if they have an iodine deficiency or not, blah, blah, blah. So, uh, that can be a little bit of a problem and too much iodine, or when you're taking it in large amounts, it can be actually just a lot of effery for the system. So you don't want to just like willy nilly do it. Um, is it helpful for just life and health? Sure. Um, I occasionally take iodine. Uh, I take iThroid <clears throat> and I take it, their lowest dose was is 6.25 milligrams. And I take it a couple days a week, particularly uh, when I'm about to go swimming in a chlorinated pool because chlorine is antagonistic to thyroid but I'm not going to give up swimming. <laughs> so I, you know, so I'm just like, okay. So on those days, I'll just be like, you know what? Let me just be active protective. Cause I know this chemical is probably getting somewhere in my body and my system here. And so I'll take iodine. Now it's not to say that you couldn't do like a, you can always do like a low dose iodine or something, but yeah, you can go get a test and go to a functional doctor if that's really part of it. Um, I'm not sure how these days, I'm not sure I'd have to really talk to my doc about it. I'm not sure whether the Blood test is as accurate as the 24 hour iodine loading urine test where you take an iodine pill and then you pee all day into a jug and they do that evaluation. That might be the best, but that was, you know, 10 years ago. So I'm right. not sure. Um, but yeah, and you know, you can test blood levels of iodine or you can supplement with a little bit, you know, iodine is not going to kill anybody if you're just taking small amounts of you know, for a month or something. So if you needed to hack it, you can do it. Yeah. These things are over the counter on Amazon, but you just got to be careful with it. And, um, it's not necessarily a cure-all for this situation, but it is supportive for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I've, um, I know that seaweed has a good source of iodine. Are there any other natural sources? Dulse, you know, dulse flakes and salt. Um, also selenium, when you optimize your selenium, it sort of, it, it'll, it'll help with the iodine. So having, taking selenium is important as well. So and, uh, yeah, I was researching thyroid a little bit. Like it's amazing how common it is, uh, more so actually with women than men. Uh, and I know there's like approximately like I was reading 20 million people in the U S have thyroid disease. Um, and more than that it's 25. Plus. Is it more? Okay. Yeah. Early last yeah. time I tried it, you could look at it for stats, but what we do right. know is that like 60% are undiagnosed. So that number is larger. That's right. just the U S it's 200 plus million worldwide. So, uh, and it's on the rise to be honest with you. So it's just, you know, it's not getting any better. Yeah. And is there a reason why it's women are more, um, uh, diagnosed than men or why they have this issue more than men? You know, it is disproportionately a women's disease mm -hmm. and 
if I could take a guess, it might be that we have a more delicate balance of hormones and everything, and we're not living the maybe primal female life we once were. We've got more stresses, responsibilities. Mm. Perhaps we're taking on those things too hard a little bit more. We're also the ones that are pressured into dieting, working out, trying to be perfect. So I can just see the, <laughs> you know, the like combination of things. Um, but also we live in a toxic world. You know, guys are getting thyroid problems too, and they're discounted a lot as well. Um, you know, we live in a toxic world and, um, people are overstressed and, you know, these, uh, there's a lot of minerals that are depleted from our soil. And so, yeah, people aren't nutrient optimized and, uh, you know, that's the first thing everybody should be doing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's, let's touch on that. What are some of the preventative things that we can do to help optimize our health? You know, obviously with thyroid health, some, some of that can be inherited, um, right. am, am I right on that? Yeah. And obviously, well, so yeah, well, you can have autoimmunity run in your family, you know? So like, for example, if someone has Hashimoto's and their sister has Hashimoto's, you usually find out some other family member has maybe another autoimmune disorder, like type one or something like that. But you can also get an autoimmune disorder from like living in a place with black mold, which happened to Dave Asprey from Bulletproof. So you can, mm. I also had knew someone who got Graves disease, hyperthyroidism, the autoimmune form from like having a crazy impacted tooth infection or something set off mm. a cascade that somehow ignited this. So you can have Hashimoto's ignited by something and even food, particularly gluten. So grains, we know for gluten. sure, particularly gluten ignite antibodies for Hashimoto's. Um, and so, yeah, what do you do right now to support the thyroid? Go ancestral, paleo, primal. Does that mean you have to eat red meat? No, go look at a primal food list, go to primal blueprint, go to Mark's Daily Apple, uh, you can read my book if you'd like, but for the most part, this information is out there for free and start cleaning out your cupboard. Stop with the canola oils, get rid of the shit. So, you know, all this stuff, dairy, like all this junk, like, and not like, I just talked about, it It doesn't mean you have to suffer. And it doesn't mean you have to eat a shitty food. This is what people think of when they think, oh no, food list diet. I'm not asking anyone to count macros. You don't have to do anything. Just get rid of the crap. I'd rather have everyone be eating, uh, you know, like uncured bacon burgers and, and, and like really yummy shit than I would have them sit there and eat a bowl of pasta. Yeah. It's funny. I was actually Actually, the other's healthier, the bacon burger. (laughs) (laughs) I just, it is. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, and first of all, eating healthy, it doesn't mean, like you mentioned, it doesn't mean depriving yourself. I mean, no. like my wife and I eat really healthy and we have like, I mean, we're very fortunate and we're lucky that we can, but you know, we have like quality meats, ribeye and wild fish and, you know, uh, you know, pasture-raised eggs. And, you know, these are things that everyone can do. Um, like you mentioned, I think people run into the problem when they start over-consuming grains um, and Sugars, uh, bad oils too much dairy, right? The vegetable oils. I was actually just did a little micro podcast on vegetable oils. And there, I would say, I don't know the exact percentage, but what percentage would you say that you find these, you know, safflower and canola oils in your food? If you just go to the store, like I was, I said, 80% of the foods probably contain them. Uh, you know what? That sounds about right. Cause you'll look at something that seems clean, like, Oh, seaweed strips, like <laughs> right. seaweed snacks. And then you look on the back and you're like, come on, <laughs> you're like what? You know, know. What I mean? so, so things that you have no idea, like, so for example, even just, God, I mean, there's just so many things, right. You've got to relabel. So you just, you have to, because so for example, I mean, you know, this is why, you know, Marxism created primal kitchen and, you know, all those things being sort of avocado oil based or olive oil is because literally you would go to the supermarket and you go, Oh, Paul Newman's like olive oil and vinegar oh. dressing must be olive oil and vit- turn it around the back. First ingredients like soybean oil. 
So soybean oil, all these crappy oils that are in all the shit. And you just got to really, you got to sift them out and sift through it and get away from that stuff. Yeah, completely agree. And I think nowadays there are, there are probably more um, opportunities. So many options. Yeah. <laughs> so many options out there now. Like nobody can argue. I mean, especially like, for example, I know that it's different living in California. We get things here. Like no one gets right anywhere. My friend was just talking the other day about like, uh, it's too bad. Like I want a such and such, but they're so expensive right now. And I was like, what? We get those all the time. Like, you know, because yeah. we live in California, but, um, even if you don't live in California, okay. Uh, people deliver. There are so many great Look, You want, you want some granola? You want to go to town, some granola? There's paleo granola. Choose that. Just right. choose that one versus all these other things. There's great dressings and sauces from Primal Kitchen. Um, and yeah, there's a lot of great companies. I get my meat from Rep Provision. So I oh, do, do you still? Yeah, yeah I, I do. Really, I try to, yeah. I try to, um, I mean, I like everyone, but I try right. to uh, go for the regenerative agriculture meat. So I do try to make that decision. But here's the thing. Even if you can't and you're on a budget, you just get what you can. I'd rather have you eat a non-grass-fed or whatever pasture-raised steak than I would have you eat a bowl of pasta with something. A steak is going to be better than that. Like, you know what I mean? So right. you, you, if you have to make it affordable and you're not allowed, you know, you can't do everything organic or grass-fed, then you do your best. You know, you do your best. Just stick to the list of the quality foods. Yeah. And also too, regarding meats, like I use, I order from a company uh, called Force of Nature and they have a lot of ground meats yeah. and it's regenerative agriculture and, you know, grass-fed, grass-finished meats. But, mm -hmm. you know, the ground meats, aren't that expensive. Um, they're not, not anymore. They're not, yeah. they used to be, they're not anymore. It's very affordable and you can get deals on it, you know? Um, or if you don't even want to bother, you can just be like, okay, I'll just order from butcher box and get a box every month. Now I don't think that their chickens are pasture raised, but everything else is grass fed. Um, but you'd have to look into that, but still, again, you can just go to the local grocery store, find all your deals, do what you can do. Just you eat the clean, the cleaner list from like the paleo food list. You can Google primal blueprint shopping list and just kind of take a look. Right. You know? And so I'd rather have someone, I, I would just, it would pain me to have someone open a jar, a tub of crunchy crock margarine. Like I, I, I don't know if I could handle the visual <laughs> of someone like spreading margarine on something. It's the worst thing you can do for your life. Eat the butter, please eat the butter. Right. 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 It's like all this skim milk, diet Coke, margarine. What else is on the list that we should avoid? Oh man. Um, <laughs> well, so you want to stick to the healthy oils. Oil. So we're talking right. like, you know, coconut, olive, avocado oil, butter, tallow, right? Things like that. You can, Epic Provisions makes like jars tea. of duck fat. You can cook in that. Um, there's places in California that fry their French fries in duck fat. Mm -hmm. um, you'd much rather have that than what they're frying them in at the McDonald's. Um, and so there are ways to mitigate this. Oh, you know, the other thing too, that's tricky at the store, when you go and you buy frozen French fries and it looks clean, like organic French fries, looks minimal ingredients, there's no seasonings. Ah, turn around the back, this is mm. canola oil. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's really everywhere. And of course, you know, almost every animal is on there. Almost every fruit and vegetable is on there. It's just eliminating grains, beans, legumes, and dairy. And if you're going to have dairy, you then want to eat full fat dairy. Right. Um, do, so do maybe you eat some dairy? heavy cream. Uh, yeah, rarely, say, very okay. rarely. Occasionally. Uh, I'll have a cheeseburger with a bunch of cheese, but I don't because here's the thing. Even though I'm not allergic to it, I've been tested for it. I still have the N equals one experience of still, first of all, dairy is mucus forming. It just 
singers like, uh, you know, of the world, like the Mariah Carey's, the Celine Dion, the Barbara Streisand, never eat dairy anywhere near when they're going to sing. Not because they're allergic, it's because it is mucus forming. In our, it's not meant for humans. There are very few people in this world that can handle lactose, that can handle uh, casein, and usually they're of Scandinavian heritage, but just because you have some Scandinavian heritage doesn't necessarily mean your body can handle it. So while I love it, uh, I do notice a difference and I notice I get a little bit, again, it's not enough to like take a Claritin stuffy or a medicine, but it's enough where you notice the breathing and the things like that. And if that's happening, what the hell do you think else is happening? I mean, it's just an indication. So, uh, so yeah, for me, that's rare. Uh, I don't have Hashimoto's, so I don't necessarily technically really have to worry so much about gluten, but I rarely consume it. But Hey, occasionally, do I want a sandwich on a real French roll? Yeah. And I'll eat it. Right. If I had an autoimmune disorder, would I make a different decision? Maybe. Yeah. And but you know, I'm a human being. If I'm in Paris, I'm going to have a half ham and cheese sandwich on a French bread, but I'm going to do it every day that I'm there. Probably not. Right. Am I going to do it my whole life? Am I going to do it weekly? No, no, I'm not. And I think that's the key with all this. It's like a little bit is okay. And, but if you're doing it, not even day in, day out, weekly, that's when it can cause issues and become a problem. Well, you, you look, you can consume gluten and it could take what, 10, 11 days to maybe get out of your digestive tract or your intestines or whatever, but it is, it, the inflammatory response can last up to two, three months. Hmm. So how quickly do you want to get better? Right. You know, that's really the question you have to ask. It's a minimal sacrifice in a temporary way to achieve a goal. And then you can test it from there. But by the time you get there, you're not going to want it every day. Yeah. And have you ever had uh, raw milk? I have. I don't enjoy, I don't like it. Okay. Just curious. Now, you, because, I, well, here's, there's, a, there's a big debate about the raw milk thing. Okay. You know, so because I'm sure in California, it's pretty accessible, but maybe not. It is. And, it, and here's the thing. I'm not sure even how much more. It was really popular there for a minute when paleo came out, like my friends were doing a raw milk. It's got a lot of quote sugar. It's still, it's still, and it is meant for baby cows. Let's just be honest. It's not to say you couldn't have it, but if someone's drinking a whole thing of raw milk every day, well, again, that's just not a proper diet for humans. Again, it's not to say that you can't enjoy that, but to have it as a regular staple, I don't know. But again, if it works for someone and they're doing well, hey, uh, but it's just, yeah, that's not something that I would suggest. Yeah. Yeah. And we also wouldn't ancestrally have access to that all the time. We wouldn't have run into that. Right. And then what are you, uh, um, along with diet, what other things do you do? Um, you talk about ancestral living. Are you uh, like, what are your workouts like? I think we talked about a little bit last time. Uh, you, are you continue? And you swim? I didn't know that you were a swimmer. Mm, uh, swimmer. I hike a lot. Uh, so I'm in the woods. I live in the middle of the mountains in the middle of the woods and uh, kind of in the, like not in the middle of nowhere, but a little bit um, mm -hmm. in terms of Los Angeles. And I love it. So I'm outside. I'm in nature all the time. When I go to bed, I hear the sounds of just, just nature. Uh, I prioritize sleep. This is really, really key. I get eight to nine hours of sleep every night. Oh, uh, I do my best. It's very rare when I don't, but I also prioritize it. I do stick to kind of a schedule. Um, and yeah, so I swim, I do lift weights since the pandemic. I haven't gone to the gym, but I have like adjustable dumbbells and I do compounding weight ex exercises where you're, it's sort of more of a cardio activity ish, a little bit sweatier. That's just my personal jam. I like the compounded movements versus just a stagnant, you know, not that I don't just do bicep curls sometimes, but I, I do like that kind of working out. And frankly, it's like fitness blender on YouTube 
or whatever, just watch a video and just sit right. there with headphones and just do it. So uh, yeah, I'll take like a walk uh, down the roads here through the mountains. And then I might do little joggies back. Like I might do a little sprint session for a minute and I might do like a little joggers for, you know, but for the most part, I hate running, hate it. I can't stand it. And so <laughs> even doing will, that is yes. a little bit tough for me, but I do it because it feels good. And, you know, it's just a few and I'm not like going on a long distance run. You won't ever see me running a marathon and you won't <laughs> ever see me going on like, Oh, I'm gonna go for a run. People will be like, what's wrong with her? Call the police because, uh, the only time it. you're going for a run, if you're running from a beer that's close to your house, I would, would I would definitely, I would. Oh yeah. I only run unless I'm getting chased. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was just going to say, uh, I'm not a runner either. And, uh, chronic cardio is not even that good for you. Right. I actually, Probably. yeah. Um, you actually can hold on to fat and it, and it, and it raises cortisol, you know, Brad Kearns, your buddy and my, my, my podcast buddy, uh, I listen to his podcast a lot and he always is talking about these micro workouts. Um, and so actually one, one of the things I did get, and I added it That's to my the guy to listen to that guy's a beast and he's, he's so, he's so great. He's so fit for his age and he's that uh, he knows everything. No, he's great. And he's a high jumper. Uh, and so I was just going to say, I got a rogue echo bike. Um, so if you don't like to run and you want to do these, these sort of, uh, interval quick sprints, which are, you know, so good for fat burning and just to get you in the right state. Um, and I do like literally 15 seconds on, What's like, it called? so it's a called a rogue echo bike. Um, it's those, it's the ones that you'll see in the CrossFit games. I'm, Again, I'm not a CrossFitter, but these are, this is what I'll do sometimes in between lifts is I'll just do 15 seconds on, and then I'll have a minute 15 off, give or take, and try to recover almost back to, you know, normal state. So I can do it again. What's different about that bike versus others? It's just heavy duty. Like you go 10 seconds to 15 seconds on this thing. It's not like a normal bike. It's got a bit, you know, it's the one with the big fan in the front. Oh yeah. I'm looking at him. Okay. Damn. Mm -hmm. Those are, yeah, Yeah, that's, that hurts. Yeah. 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 You're like okay, I've done that four times. It's so great. You're like, oh, that took, you know, with, with, with rest, it's like six minutes and you're like, oh, I'm done. <laughs> um, I mean, that's a way to become efficient. Well, I mean, like I sprinting is the jam if you, if you can do it. Right. So you will get more out of a 10 minute sprint session. And what do I mean? That mean, I'd be like run for 30 seconds all out. Not even you are probably. Sprinting. probably don't even need 30 seconds. Yeah. Yes. 90, 60, 15, yeah. 20 right. seconds. Stop walk for a minute and half until ever your breathing's back to normal, do it again. A bunch of those yeah. doesn't take long. You get more fat burning, more results out of that 10, 15 minutes than you do out of an hour of running or on the elliptical. I'm telling you, it sounds crazy, but it's really true. You just have to experience it. And that's, like I said, that's why I kind of force it on right. those little walks because I, I know the benefits of it. Yeah. 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 That's why I'm not a bike rider. And I was like, you know what? I, I, you know, I wanted something that I could do quick and hard and be done. And who doesn't want to be done in six minutes? <laughs> I want to know. be done in zero minutes. I don't <laughs> want, yeah. Who wants to work out? I mean, that's the thing. We all feel good when we do. I love, I love hiking. I love walking, taking a walk through the woods with my friends. Um, but the truth is, is that I wake up many days fighting all of it. Like, I don't want to, I don't. Yeah. I'm unmotivated a lot of the times too, because I just don't feel like it. Mm-hmm. And not because I'm exhausted. If I were really exhausted or got low sleep, I wouldn't push it, but I do. I push it. It's a commitment. I go and do it. I always feel better. It's great. And then there's times when I'm excited to do it, but there are a lot of days, especially when it gets colder and you're like, ah, it's windy. Yeah, I get it. It's just, you have to, these are micro commitments. You have to force yourself to do it. And I'm always happy when I'm done. And then I'm done. And it's like, 
30 minutes and you're like, really, was I going to just like, yeah, not, not do that for th- right. it's just 30 minutes. It goes by so fast. Right. It becomes just a blip in the day. Uh, and you know, you make these excuses, but once you do it, you're like, Oh, okay. Like, you know, yeah. You just got to do it. It's almost like when you haven't eaten vegetables for a while or salads and stuff, and you're like, I don't know, I'm just not going to do it. You just need to force like one salad. And then you're like, you know what? Salads are great. I really enjoyed that. And you just need to get back into salads. Like, this is like anything. It's like, oh, I've worked out for a while. This sucks. And you just, just get in there, force it. And then you'd be like, okay, okay. You need to get a dog. Me? You go on, you go on all these walks. Do you have a dog? I totally need to get a dog. Instead, I ended up like, I end up house sitting, you know, like Mark's dogs and <laughs> my friend's dogs. And I'm like stealing people's dogs. Uh, I do. I really wish I did have a dog. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know what? It's like, I, I think getting a dog and I, it's not for everybody. I have two dogs and they're nice and quiet right now, which is good. Um, it is like, I, I, if I wasn't into health and working out and stuff, it literally forces you, um, unless you're a yes. bad owner, unless you're a bad owner and you put them in the backyard, you're a terrible owner and you right. just take them to the mailbox and back. Yeah. Right. I mean, I'm on three to four walks with them. It's the first thing I do right in the morning. And even if it's cold out, there's just no excuses because actually one of my dogs will only go to the bathroom, number two, if he's on a walk. So <laughs> I can't just put him in the back or, you know, he might go in the house. So that really forces me to get up. But anyway, yeah, getting a dog is a great motivator for people to get out there and to make mm-hmm. sure that because, you know, at least twice a day, right, you're taking them on, you know, you may let them in the yard or something for a quick pee, but at least twice All a day, right. you're going to take them on a walk. And, uh, yeah. And I love that. And I love that when I do house sit dogs, cause I'm just out more walking more in general. Yeah. Yeah. So quick. Yeah. It, it, and also getting out in vitamin D, getting the sun. I mean, those are important things, obviously. And you, and you mentioned your sleep. I'm curious, you know, eight to nine hours. I think a lot of people, obviously we talk about sleep a lot, but what type of things do you do to get such great sleep? I just love sleep so much. <laughs> I, I love it. Um, you know, I've always been a pretty good sleeper. Okay. haven't really had a lot of issues, uh, which is, which is you're in the minority. Um, you know, I always talk about creating like this sleep sanctuary where it's dark and cold. Yeah. So I do, I have dark, uh, I have these eye, uh, coverings, but they are, they have, they're, they're bubbled so that, you know, you're, when you're blinking, you it's not hitting anything. Right. So I always have several pairs of those around so that I can like wash them and, you know, you don't, cause you don't want to like get acne from like gross stuff on your face. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I also at night, uh, honestly, Amazon, I don't know, 23 bucks. There's like a, you can get a set of electric candles with a remote. And so I have my whole place oh. is with electric candles. It saves you so much money with burning wax. Burn, and then also in the, in the, in the summer here, when it's really hot, then you like, don't want heat, you know, uh, from mm-hmm. candles. So electric candles are great. You just like turn on the remote. So I do that. And then also on YouTube, there's a lot of great ASMR. So I have a list on YouTube, uh, not publicly, but in my like personal list that has like a scene at night over a campfire on the ocean with the moon. And it's just kind of running on a loop, right? For eight hours has crackling fire sounds. I do this every morning and every night, guys, every morning and every night, even though it's for five minutes, sometimes it's 10 minutes. So, so it's like a med- it's almost like a meditative, like, or like you, you're, you're putting it on backdrop. You feel like yeah. you're, it's cozy. There's a fire. And you know, there's also ones during the day that I'll play with just like waves on a tropical beach in you know, Hawaii somewhere. But there are so many of those that if you can't get out into nature or you want to calm and have a chill environment, you know what I mean? There's, mm-hmm. or you could just Google anything like on YouTube, like, you know, 
islands 4k drone and there'll be four hours of beautiful gorgeous mm -hmm. footage of you know so those are the kind of things that i think really set the mind in a kind of chill and then it's nature mm -hmm. and that is so healing so again if you're in a concrete jungle and it's go 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 for you then you need to be attentive to these types of things so uh and may and you know what i have found is that my friends who have problems with sleeping the problem is is that once you stay up past 11 you've crossed a threshold where that cortisol can just like pipe up again, mm, you know, you that like second wind, you get a second wind. And so, right. so my friends have noticed who have had issues with sleeping. Like if they set the, like if they're attentive to the time and they go, okay, start to think about getting to bed by 11, then they mm. do sleep through the night. But the, the truth is almost everyone that I have troubles that I know who has trouble sleeping, they're not fucking doing anything about it. They're not actually really trying. They're not making the efforts. Right. You, you can't expect a miracle with sleep without, because then you ask them, you go, well, are you doing this? Like, oh, no, I got off the track of that. I, well, well, okay. I mean, like, here's your answer. <laughs> like, just go back to that. Like, there's, there's no reason. Now there are some people that really do struggle. Uh, you know, there's 5-HTP sure. is like a good intervention. Um, you know, there's lots of other things, right? There's uh, nighttime adrenal, you know, support formulas for sleep and, right. you know, but again, sometimes, you know, someone would, one would take one of those and it would work for them. And another person would go, oh, I felt groggy the next morning. There's mm. melatonin. Um, it now I can't take five milligrams of melatonin or I will feel like hung over the next day. And I'm really? five, two. Uh, now most doctors would suggest like five milligrams of, of melatonin. So I, I, I wouldn't. I would, I mean, I guess if you have serious problems, but you'll find your dosage. And that's what I've uh, noticed with people who have experimented in, in melatonin works. They'll be, they'll start with five. They go, that was too much. They'll go down to one and then somewhere they'll go. So, you know, maybe you just start off with one milligram of melatonin from like life extension or something really cheap brand and, and try that every night for a few nights. And I work with, okay, maybe try two of them. And, you know, so there's lots of interventions. You can see a functional medicine doctor, uh, but sleep is really, really important for your brain, your life, everything else. Um, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I also use the Uller Chili Pad Sleep System. Oh, so nice. I have, yeah, nice. I have the cooling, the cooling and heating element. Oddly enough, you don't really often use the heating element to you, right. you, you want to cold. So if you're also having trouble sleeping, you might want to look into something like that. So the Chili Pad Uller, you humans are best, uh, you know, we're best sleeping between like 60 and 68 degrees. So yeah. that's something again, like these are hacks that you can try to see if you'll get a better sleep. My friends who have bought uh, the Uller as well, who had issues with the sleeping thing, uh, just love it, claim it's amazing. They would either get too hot in the middle of the night or blah, this and that and the other. That wasn't my thing. In fact, I didn't have any problems with sleeping. It was just offered to me. I took it and I didn't realize what a game changer it was going to be. Mm -hmm. I didn't even realize that I would want that temperature that I would want that in my bed. But so that's been a game changer. That's helped a lot of people. So these are just some hacks getting red light, right? You know, juve, uh, juve light or any of the red light therapies. Sometimes people say, you know, yeah, there's like so many different hacks for this exercise obviously helps earlier in the day. Um, not eating anything stimulating before bed, watching caffeine after a certain period of time, if you're sensitive to it. See, I'm not, I could probably drink a cup of coffee at like eight o'clock at night and still go to bed at nine 30. Um, I mean, I wouldn't it, right. it just, I don't know why, but I, it, that doesn't affect me. Um, but for other people, oh my gosh, they'll drink coffee at 2 PM and they can't go to bed at night. So again, you know, you've got to find out what works for you. What doesn't, 
but um, you don't want to rely on the things like Benadryl and Xanax and all sorts of other things. Those are temporary or emergency. I don't have anything on me. I'm, uh, you know, on a trip and all I have is some Benadryl. Okay. But you know, you can't rely on those things like on a regular basis. They're going to ruin your brain, ruin your health. So you have to prioritize it. Um, I'm here to tell you though, I don't know like when I don't get good sleep, I want to cry. I'm a wreck. My whole day's ruined. Right. I don't know how people do it. Um, I'm so sorry if you're out there and you're struggling, but please like do everything you can to get to this. Cause I'm telling you right now, a life of like full sleeps. Oh, it's just, it's just glorious. Yeah. And I think having a consistent schedule, right. Can really help going to bed at the same time, getting up at the same time. Although I will say it's getting darker later here in Chicago. Oh, and... <laughs> well, you're in California, you don't, but like, well, it's, still, it's still same here. Yeah, oh, we... yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so dark and cold, which is fine. I mean, I think that, you know, during the winter, we probably as ancestrally slept a little bit longer, um, because, um, you know, I got dark earlier and, um, and things like that. But yeah, I mean, all these things can help really align your sleep. And like you mentioned, um, you know, I also think stop, stop eating at a certain time, Oh yeah, for sure. you know, digestion. Um, what, what type of schedule do you have regarding, um, you know, do you have any type of fasting and eating routine? And I know, you know, you're, you're, you know, close with Mark Sisson and Brad, and they just came out with two meals a day. Is that something that you abide by or, or how do you go about with that? I am kind of two meals a day. I'm a little bit OMAD, one meal a day. Nice. Let me explain that because that's not completely legit. So uh, first of all, I do what I'm about to say because it feels right and natural. I have friends that wake up and they're hungry and they're breakfast people and they hate dinner. Okay, right. I hate breakfast. I love it. Breakfast food's just a different time of day. So mm-hmm. I've never really been into that. Uh, so I'm not really hungry in the morning. Mm-hmm. So I usually fast until... I might have something like one, 2 PM. So here's what I'll, what I'll do. I'll wake up, I'll have the black coffee, whatever. And I may actually have a little bit of honey in it, like just a little droppers, just a little something, but mm-hmm. not really like a ton. And then I will, before I go swimming, uh, or if I were going to go do a workout or something, I would have a drink with like, I use paleo Valley greens powder And then I use like, you know, collagen powder. Mm -hmm. Um, I might put some other stuff in there, like a couple of things, but for the most part, that's just it. And I will chug that just to kind of get something in, get some greens, get some, just get some nutrition, get some collagen going. Um, Like a little nutrition. I might, I might also, sometimes I take that drink with energy bis, the spirulina bis. So it's like a little bit of food, but not really food kind of like, you know, it's like a modified, like I'm giving some nutrition to myself. That's really great. Antioxidants, all sorts of other great things, but I'm not like eating food. Cause I just, right. you're not like sitting down for a meal. Right. And so then okay. I go work out and then I come back and then I'm really not hungry for a minute. And then I wait a couple hours. And so I'm usually eating my main meal, you know, sometimes around like three, four, it just depends. Mm. Uh, but, but so for example, let's say, um, this happened to me the other day, I had to meet someone, uh, somewhere in LA at like 2 PM for coffee. I didn't really want to eat food before, but I knew by the time I got home, I didn't want to be totally starving either. Mm -hmm. So what I did is I kind of medicinally dosed myself with like a couple pieces of Turkey, Mm -hmm. real light, 
before I, you know, like maybe at one before I even met the person. And it was more like, just get it in the body. Cause it's, I know how my day is going to go. I don't want to be out, have to go to a grocery store, go anywhere, get food. So, you know, so sometimes I do things like that, where I'm, I'm doing it for a, a, a greater means uh, for the day or in the, the scheme of things. And then like, I didn't maybe eat that until like eight o'clock uh, last night or something like that. So that, that, that was like pretty late, but again, that, that, just that turkey held me over for like hours, mm-hmm. you know? I, and so it, 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 so sometimes I just have a little something, but yeah, so like kind of pretty much one meal a day. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you bring up a good point in, it's about planning really, right? It's about um, planning when you, when you want, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect and it's not gonna be the same every day. Like I'm one to two meals a day as well. It depends. Sometimes I'll do two meals a day maybe if I got a hard workout or like for you, maybe it's a longer swim and you want to consume a little bit more. And there's other days where I end up really, it's almost like a recovery day. And then I might just go to one meal a day. Um, what do you, what do you, what do you do around? Like, um, what type of proteins do you prioritize certain things with your meals? And are you pretty much low carb? Yes, but, um, I don't, I mean, I prioritize protein but I change it up. I go through periods of craving things and I craving things. Sometimes I just can't even deal with chicken. Sometimes yeah. I just like, I just don't want any chicken. And then I go through phases where I'm like all about chicken thighs. <laughs> I mean, chicken thighs every day in the air, air frying chicken fries every day. Uh, sometimes I'm just on a salmon kick. Sometimes I'm on a beef ribs kick, you know? So, but right. I, I basically eat all animals, all things that had once had a parent pretty much. Uh, I love beef ribs. I love ground beef. I love steak. I love ribeye. I also do eat some liver occasionally. Mm. Um, you know what, it, stuff. I, I'm li- I, do, you, do you make your, do you cook your liver or how, how do you prepare? Yeah, I just fry yeah. it up in a pan. It takes three seconds. Yeah. Liver and onions, right? Yeah. That's a classic one. Um, I, I think chicken livers are tastier than beef livers, but again, mm-hmm the satiation point of a, such a, you can eat like a two ounces of liver and that shit will hold you over for like 10 hours you <laughs> eat it in the morning. It is such a superfood. It's so powerful. Um, yeah, though it's a little nasty, but it's like such a, mm, gosh, it's such a like nutrient dense situation. So, right. um, I don't eat all nose to tail. Like I'm not eating brains and things like that all the time, but I love bone marrow. Uh, then again, there are times when like, I felt like through the pandemic, I went through a phase where I like really overate fatty meats, like just maybe too much, just way too much. Mm-hmm. So I just go through phases, but for the most part, I always have lean protein around like all of, you know, turkey breast slices, things that are just quick and easy to grab in case of, so I don't have to cook something. And then I always have in my freezer, you know, like frozen rep ground beef or, right. you know, frozen chicken. I always have something ready in case of, uh, to, to basically cook with her, like maybe, um, you know, canned sardines or anchovies and things mm. like that around just in case, or beef sticks. I like, you know, I love the paleo Valley beef sticks or, or rep. And so those are things that are great to come around to like snack or in between, or like, I just need a little something to hold me over, but it's like eight o'clock at night. I don't want to eat, but I just need a bite of something. And I don't want to eat a bite of a carb, you know? So those are the things that I use to kind of have around. Right. And, and you've been doing this for a while and I've been eating this way for a while as well. And, and I would imagine that both of us are like what what's called like fat adapted, right? So you can go long periods of time. And I think that's so key, like controlling your hunger. Um, and when you get fat adapted and you just rely a lot on, on protein and fats for your, for your, you know, your meals and then do some fasting, it, it's such a, it's like a liberating thing, right? I mean, I think if you're on this carb cycle, it, it, like it, it just instigates more hunger. I was a food addict. And that's again, like the, the one success story we always have at Mark's daily apple or did I, you know, I, 
it's his blog, <laughs> but <laughs> his success stories every Friday, whether people lost hundred pounds or cured their skin disease, the thoroughfare is always, oh my God, but the best thing is that I'm not a slave to food anymore. I was a total sugar food addict, even when I was seriously fit, super food addict because I was a carbohydrate dependent sugar burner and I had no idea. Mm. I was just on the wrong paradigm and I suffered. It's How long such- ago was this? Um, gosh, 13 years ago, something like that. Okay. And I was still did- a sugar burner when I met, no, 10 years ago when I met Mark, I was still a sugar burner, but not as bad as I had been prior okay. to that. But I still was on this train and didn't understand. Uh, even though I had read all the books, did all the things, I was like, what zone this? I don't know. And so it, I, the biggest hell that I ever experienced in life, other than like hypothyroidism, was probably this food addiction, this looking at the refrigerator every two hours, this driving around a grocery store, making bargains with yourself about, oh, if I get the, if I get the parking space out front, then I can buy the donuts, like horrible deals being made with the devil in your head. Mm. Um, again, like having a meal and then gauging and wondering how much more you could eat possibly later again, like literally my mind was so focused on food all the fucking time. I, it was such a horrible place to be. It was so horrible that the number one reason I tell everyone to get fat adapted and go live a paleo lifestyle is for that purpose, Mm -hmm. if anything. And that's why I say it wouldn't even matter if you lost weight, you probably will. But even if you overdid the calories and just ate off of a primal food list and got fat adapted to some degree, because look, you can get fat if you're overeating fat and protein and calories and not burning them, but at least you're eating better food quality choices in terms Mm -hmm. of macros. So, um, I listen, it's a, I don't want anyone to go through that. I literally at one point thought I'd have to go to Overeaters Anonymous. I thought I had a problem that was inherently me. I thought, oh, I guess is the way this is the way you must have to become fit because it worked and I'm suffering. Is everyone else suffering? And they're just not saying it because they don't seem like it, but are they? You know, mm-hmm. I, again, you don't have to. And I think that it's the biggest revelation when you get into this movement and understand what paleoprimal living and lifestyle diet and lifestyle paradigm can do for you. I don't think about food anymore. My guy, like, this is just such a, it is like such a freedom. And if that is the only thing I, I got from it, then that would have been a miracle anyway. So it really is something that if you're struggling with food addiction, sugar addiction, things like that, there's only, there's only one way out. It's only one way out. And did, did something in your life click where you're like, I got to change this or, you know, like what, what made you make the change and, and stick with it? So, uh, I had two bouts of hypothyroidism in a decade. The first one I solved myself, uh, I dosed myself with thyroid hormones, whatever. And I actually had like lost the weight. Uh, and then I got a second bout of hypothyroidism called reverse T3 and I gained a bunch of weight again. I fixed it with thyroid hormone, but I couldn't lose the weight. Mm. And I was doing hot yoga five days a week. And I was doing all the things to be like, mm-hmm. I got to burn this fat, I got to torch it. And right around that time, I started working for Mark Sisson. Mm-hmm. And that's when I was like, you know, they don't look like they struggle and they're working out all the time and like struggling with food. Maybe I should read his book. <laughs> I'm working for him. I should probably read his book. So I read his book and, uh, but it really wasn't the book. It was a seminar he did, a two hour seminar about the primal blueprint uh, and him describing it uh, clicked with every every brain it it clicked everywhere and so I, I i tried it and i did all the things wrong i've done all the things wrong i've eaten too many too much fat i've eaten too many nuts i've you know i've i've done that whole thing that's okay but what i noticed was so when i started it i was about maybe i was about a week and a half in 
to the 21 day, 30 day thing of doing this. And I actually hadn't eaten anything that morning. And it literally was five o'clock at night and I was in Hollywood. And I think we were going to like Jimmy Kimmel live, or I don't know, we were going to one of the shows. And I looked at my watch and I was like, oh my God, it's five o'clock. And I haven't even thought about food. Like that's the day. That's the best day. When you realize that every day of your life for decades, you've been thinking about food, obsessive, blah, 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 and then one day you realize, oh my God, I haven't even, I haven't even thought about food. I didn't even think about, and it's like the best moment. And I thought in that moment, well, I haven't eaten all day. It's five o'clock. Like I should probably eat, right? Like, to, and then my second thought was, no, Mark would probably say eat when you're hungry. Right. And so that night, actually, I waited. I got back at eight pretty late, but I was so elated because it just came upon me. Like the whole day had gone by and I didn't even realize that I hadn't eaten and that had not happened for ever. And that's when, you know, now it can happen quicker for people in that 21 days. Or longer. But I, but I, I did, but I did some things wrong, I think in the first week or so, you know, <laughs> so I had to adjust for that. So, yeah, so that, that's really what brought me into it. And then of course I, you know, worked for Mark. I, I was the fifth person, um, certified as a primal health coach and oh, was a nice. on that program and helped sort of, you know, design some of those questions. I mean, it's evolved from, from what it was, but back then, and, uh, just got really into it. And then I also saw, I was able to reduce my thyroid medication by more than half. Mm. And so, yeah. And so what I was doing wrong was, is I was doing chronic cardio and I was still on this carbohydrate dependency train and I was overeating pro like I was probably just overeating even healthy foods. And I was not even like, a, I wasn't a shitty food eater. I still knew what good food was. I didn't come from totally not knowing zero, Right. but I still thought grains. So no, I'll never give up grains. Like, you know, I just still was in the somewhat standard American situation. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, it, you know, for you, it, maybe it took a few weeks. So some people maybe less three days. Sometimes it's three days and people are like, I feel it. I wow. And sometimes it might take people more. It probably just depends on their background, how yeah, long it can they take can a month. They can take, yeah. But it's, it's about it, it, but it is about, it is about 21 days, about three weeks when if you're doing everything right, you will start to suddenly go, you wake up and you're like, I'm not hungry, right. you know? And you go, oh my God, I haven't thought about food. I didn't even, I didn't even, not even thinking about it. Those are the, oh, that's freedom. Yeah. I, I'm free because I feel like the addiction was food, but it was the mental addiction too. It was the constant focus and thinking and wanting and everything about it and obsessing about it. It's a horrible, horrible place. I mean, honestly, it's the worst. I, I would never go back to that. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, what do you think like on a, on a daily basis now, what do you think, um, if someone wanted to get out of that, what, what would be a first few steps you tell them to do? to get out of that food addiction? You know, it, well, you, the thing is that you have to bite the bullet at some point and make the decision that you're going to do like a 21 day primal blueprint. Right. Some type something. of jump start. Yeah. But this is what I say when it comes to being a sugar addict and you're addicted to sugar, particularly if you've got to get rid of candida, cause you likely have candida if you're a sugar addict anyway, but um, let's say you're a sugar addict. I, I'm not a huge fan of cold Turkey. Okay. If you can be a cold turkey person and do it and just, just quit. Great. Uh, but what I do suggest to people who are sugar addicts is start to think about thinking about it, start to think about an end date, but before you do, so don't be like, oh, this Monday, just be like, I'm going to give myself a month. But, but over that time, instead of the shitty Danish cookies or whatever crap you're eating for sugar, instead, you're going to change that to like 
fruit and real whipped cream or real whipped coconut milk cream, or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like healthier options that still feel. And by the way, when you get to the point of being primal and fat adapted and you're really there, blueberries are almost very like extra sweet, but when you're a sugar addict, blueberries are nowhere sweet enough at yeah. all. And yeah. it's not enough to satiate you. So like fruit and whipped cream, another thing I do sometimes as a treat, I'll get frozen mango chunks. When you take them out of the freezer, it doesn't take long. You don't have to let them thaw very much. You can still kind of chew them mm. and I'll take them and I'll dip it into a little bit of like maybe coconut flavored yogurt. You know, that might be a time I do a little dairy, like just cause it's like, and that is like a tropical delish treat. It takes a while to eat the mango. You really, it feels decadent. Um, you know, blueberries with some lime on them and some avocado. Like there's so many ways to do it. You can make mousses with avocado and cocoa and, you know, sprinkle cocoa. There's other ways to have dessert without being an asshole. And so that's mm -hmm. what I say to people, just do those things and do those for a while and then wean off or then cold turkey it. But don't just go from eating Twinkies and cakes and stuff like that to going, I'm going to quit. It's going to be a mind freak out. It's going to be a whole thing. Eat a couple, you know, I'd rather someone overeat fruit and whipped cream for like a week than to just right. cold turkey and fail. So that can really help. And it helps adjust your taste buds. And it kind of then is like a mental planning. Okay. And then by this date, then I'm really going to get rid of it. Now, you could just keep eating fruit and whipped cream every night and probably never have an issue. But if you had candida that you had to really clean up, then that's the way I would do it. I would go like the, the you know, the, the eating the desserts without being asshole kind of protocol. And then at some point you cut yourself off and then you've got to do some other things like oregano oil and some probiotics and some other things that will kill the candida and get rid of it. So that's like a candida thing. But in general, I just say, yeah, like, Hey, there's so many other options. You know, there's raspberry chocolate. We could take a little raspberry, put the chocolate whipped cream on it. You know, things that take a little bit longer to eat. Um, there's so many things in nature that are delicious. And, um, even, you know, even if it's just peanut butter and jelly on a spoon is better than, you know, eating a piece of crappy chocolate cake. cake. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I like that approach. I think weaning yourself off. I always talk about with fasting, like you don't have to go cold Turkey for the half the day. You know, you can yeah. push back breakfast an hour. And then, you know, that's how I got into fasting is I just kept pushing it back, you know, over a week span. And by the time I knew it, I was like, Oh, it's noon. <laughs> like, that's a great idea. Or yeah. also too, like, okay, maybe you don't fully fast at first, but maybe you have a cup of bone broth, you know, yeah. like, like something, but not really, uh, right, right. Is, is, cause it's, cause it's going to feel a little bit emptier than the full egg breakfast they were eating but right. then it still feels like something. So again, you know, there's ways, like you said, weaning up, weaning down. Um, but if you could do a cold turkey, great. That's awesome. Most people can't. And it's a lot of suffering when they do. So, Yeah, I hear you. Um, well, Al, this was, this was great. We could probably talk for another hour. Um, I wanted to ask, where's the best place for people to find you? I know you got your new podcast called the Al Russ Show. Yeah. Uh, and um, is it just alrust.com? Yeah. Lross.com is my main website. That's where yeah. you'll get everything about coaching or the free thyroid guide. I also want to let everyone know I have another under the free stuff tab. I have a free audiobook, completely free, and it is guided meditations and affirmations. Oh, nice. Two guided meditations. One is on healing. One is on abundance and money. And then the affirmations are for confidence and also uh, uh, money. So uh, if you're struggling with any kind of health thing, you know, that's a great 20 minute guided by me 
you know, meditation on healing and that's all free. And the L rush is the main show for the podcast website, but it's on, you know, Amazon, Spotify, everywhere else. And of course I am most active on Instagram underscore L Russ, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, just go to L and everything should be pretty much there. Awesome. Oh, well, this was a great hour and I appreciate all the knowledge. Um, yeah, well, I, thanks so much for coming on. Thank you. Hey, uh, good luck in Chi-Town, my home city. <laughs> Ooh, winter's coming. <laughs> I know. Trust me. All right. Thank you, Al. All right. Have a great day. You too. Thanks for listening to the Get Lean, Eat Clean podcast. I understand there are millions of other podcasts out there and you've chosen to listen to mine, and I appreciate that. Check out the show notes at briangrin.com for everything that was mentioned in this episode. Feel free to subscribe to the podcast and share it with a friend or family member that's looking to get their body back to what it once was. Thanks again and have a great day.